0: Welcome to the Bump Room Podcast. I'm your host, Ailish Cleary, and my mission is to bring connection and understanding to the profound and powerful changes becoming a mother brings. I aim to achieve this through insightful conversations with people I find inspiring and empowering in the space of motherhood support. Okay, I am super excited to be talking to Tara. So Tara Whelan is a perinatal emotional well-being and healing techniques practitioner. And Tara helps women transition into motherhood, confident and emotionally resilient. And I connected with Tara when we did the embodied conversations, and I just couldn't stop talking to her, like mainly because I wish I had done this work with Tara 12 years ago, after I had my first baby. So what we're gonna talk about is why women come to Tara, like what kind of struggles they're dealing with and how Tara helps them. So Tara, you're very welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Ailish. Oh my God, and the feeling is mutual. I don't know, the first time I seen you on Zoom with the GP nurses chatting, I just felt I knew you of old and I still do. I just think there's definitely some sort of a connection. So we definitely do uh, connect with a good energy. So thank you so much for having me here today and delighted to be able to talk to you um, about women and their transition into motherhood. So my um, I work under, I suppose, the name of Resilient Emotions uh, with Tara Whelan. And I do help mothers who are struggling on their perinatal journey after birth trauma. And I got into that field after struggling myself with uh, a perinatal traumatic experience with my son, which led me to extreme anxiety in my second pregnancy, having really irrational dark thoughts and um, feeling that I just wasn't a good enough mother when I literally had the two babies. So that was the main driver. Um, I qualified as a Havening Techniques practitioner, which is... um, supporting people with anxiety and, um, trauma. And then I trained with the TBR college of perinatal emotional well-being. And, um, so I blended the two together and, oh, I've, it's a beautiful blend. So when women come to me, they tend to come to me with loads of different traumatic experiences on the perinatal journey. So it doesn't have to be specifically birth trauma. It can be, like my own experience, something that happens on the perinatal side of it. So that could be like invasive, lengthy IVF journeys. could be miscarriage, loss of a baby, poor postnatal care, which we often hear of in the hospital or afterwards. It could be a traumatic birth experience. Um, Sometimes even it can be a physical birth injury. I have a lot of women coming to me After having a physical birth injury, which kind of emotional issues around that, I can talk about that in in a little while. Um, It could be like a difficult breastfeeding experience. It could be um, sleep deprivation, um, hyperemesis in pregnancy. There is loads of different types of traumatic events that can happen. And when I'm talking about trauma, I'm not talking about it from a point of view of trauma the way we think it. It's basically any emotional overwhelming experience that we have on that journey Mm. that shakes our confidence, that Mm. helps us, that disempowers us, changes our belief system in ourselves or can make us hypervigilant or just really anxious in our own abilities so that's what um, I see coming into me. So
0: Tara, when you say um, that, like, I- it kind of sounds like nearly like, that's a lot of women I think are impacted by all of those things. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not uncommon, you know, is what, I, is what I think. But I was wondering, do they come to you at all stages? Like, do you know, um, postnatally or during the pregnancy or during their, what do you find most common when, when, when they come to you?
1: Yeah, when I was looking back on the client notes for the last three years, funnily enough, most people come to me in their in a subsequent pregnancy, generally a second or third pregnancy. I think when we when we go into our first pregnancy, we're we're going in with blinkers on, and we have the beautiful picture that we're aiming for. And I think people end up coming back, come to me, unfortunately, in the next pregnancy because that picture wasn't met. Um, you know, or they didn't have the experience they desired. And that's where the struggling comes in that. And I have had some women come into me with anxiety um, in their first pregnancy. And that could be from vicarious trauma back from their childhoods where maybe not even their childhoods. They could have had a family member who was pregnant before them and had a baby. And maybe there was a bad experience and they've, you know, become traumatized by that or something on the tv even so um they're the two main when i was looking back in the notes they're the two main times that people tend to come to me or you know if they've had previous miscarriages and they're pregnant again um that's tends to bring them back in in pregnancy because they have extreme anxiety
0: yeah i get that because i i see that as well it's like it's it's often in the subsequent pregnancies that it kind of comes back up like mm. whatever happens you're maybe you just couldn't deal with it at the time you know because you have a new baby and you know you're transitioning into motherhood and we know that that's uh you know can be difficult and then you're just not able to deal with it so it's almost like you push it down you know and, but then when you get pregnant it, ha- it has to come back up like you know and I, I I would see that with some sub- women in my classes they're, they're coming in on subsequent pregnancies and kind of describing actually what happened last time and and that and, and I'm so happy to be able to direct them towards you now, because I do feel a lot of the time it's it's an emotional well-being that's that's kind of missing around it, you know, um, and they're not they're not that's not really there in the services. You know, it's not there like they, 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 they their main issue is the or concern would be the physical. So, yeah, I see it definitely coming up on subsequent pregnancies and usually in my classes and they're coming in saying, oh, this happened last time. Yeah.
1: um so yeah so I think that's the fear brain in action you know when exactly as you said when we come home after having our baby our whole aim and focuses on the baby and getting through that transition and we literally shove everything down um but definitely the fear brain kicks in in the next pregnancy and you're almost like all oh, the trauma triggers that you might have downloaded from the past experience um start to come back into play. Like some people could be triggered by going back to the hospital for the scans or by anything in the hospital that reminds them remotely of the past event. It could be the smells. It could be the medical staff having to go back in for the scans. It could be even oh talking God, to them. I just, talking I, again. I
0: love that expression though, Tara, like trauma triggers you've downloaded. Like that just really lands at me when you said when you said it like that because it's it's almost like it gets yeah it gets uploaded into your brain and you can't you can't you have to work on removing it or work on on managing it you know once it's downloaded it's kind of it's there yeah, yeah?
1: that's it exactly yeah because I always say to my clients that you know. um, birth trauma or perinatal anxiety, you know, well, specifically birth trauma or perinatal trauma, it's not like a mental illness. You're not struggling mentally. It's a psychological injury to your brain that happens when the traumatic event happens. So when the traumatic event happens, you know, that part of your brain, it's called the amygdala. Um, It's in the emotional part of the brain. It becomes really, really hyper aroused and super sensitive because of the perceived threats. In the environment that are going on. And <clears throat> when it's hyper aroused, our normal thinking and doing brain, our rational brain just simply goes offline and this takes over. So I always talk about it like an alarm bell. So it's like this part of your brain, the amygdala is ringing out an alarm bell so loud, telling you that there's a threat in the environment that everything else in your brain goes off. So what is happening in that moment should be, you know if the brain is working properly downloaded into long-term memory and just processed into long-term memory, but it's not because it's a traumatic event and you become extremely emotional around that event, you know, feeling helpless, feeling out of control. Um, some people feel completely detached. That's what I often hear women saying.
0: Well, I'm powerless as well. Like, isn't it like helpless, detached.
1: Helpless. Yeah. yeah.
0: So because it, occur- because it occurs like that, it doesn't go into your long-term memory.
1: No. So what happens is the emotional content becomes attached to the memory and it becomes immutably encoded on an AMPA receptor in the amygdala. I know this sounds very scientific, but it it stays there encoded on this part of your brain to be forever triggered to remind you of any other perceived threat or threat like the event in the past to come back up. So when we're subsequently pregnant, the next time, all these feelings, thoughts, sensations start to be reactivated because they're still quite heightened in that part of your brain. So, birth trauma and perineal trauma does need specific traumatic, you know, modalities or work to actually help reprocess the memory back into long-term memory and disconnect the emotional tags to it. That gives a woman a sense of freedom and ease again to, you know, get about her life and just have a more solution focused approach going forward and take control of how she wants to think, feel and behave.
0: Okay. So Tara, I need to know how you do that. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of all these triggers I have. (laughs)
1: uh, It's generally done in three steps. So the first session would be like um, a woman would come to me and it would be like an emotional debriefing session because sometimes, you know, we never get to have that story heard or told. Like, you know, Generally takes an hour and 45 minutes to hear, you know, for that session, like it could take a woman 60 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes to actually tell her story. That's how much, you know, it's literally there in her brain to
0: mm-hmm. be told.
1: And who, like, we don't ever have that time. We're not going to sit down and tell our husbands the whole story or our partners or friends because you don't want to traumatize them. So it's a lovely um session to have your story Told and where you're going to be heard and validated and listened to. That's a big thing. So it's a listening emotional debriefing service. It can be a little bit emotional, but afterwards, you know, women tend to feel a lot lighter. But Mm -hmm. I do start using then a solution focused approach going forward and just always finish that session with a lovely deep relaxer to get the woman back into a nice relaxed state. The second session then would be um, just.
0: Sorry, Tara, just to stop you there, just with that solution focused. Hmm how does that work can you give me an example
1: so I would ask uh, a woman of how she would like to feel into the future so it's not focusing on the past we're now kind of going to try and get the brain start moving into you know how she'd like to think feel and behave in the future and how that would look like and how that would feel like so it's about getting her mind to open up that way and then I'll be able to put that into a really deep relaxer in the third session where she actually can visualize herself thinking, feeling and behaving in that way and see how she is in the world in that way. And when you do that in a deep relaxer, it's almost like you've already lived that experience. It's mm-hmm. downloaded into your, your neurology. So it's very easy kind of get that energy back about you again or to tap into that way of being, if that makes sense.
0: I totally get it. I totally get it because I've done a bit of work around this. So like, so what usually are the ways of being that are missing for these women? What, what way do they normally visualize themselves?
1: Yeah, well, it depends on what they're coming in with. Like if somebody is coming in with like. um, Sometimes like if women are coming to me with physical birth injuries, like the emotional, um, psychological traumas around that, or that could be like C-section scars, episiotomy tears, um, pelvic girdle pain. It, it depends. A lot of the time with, with these type of traumas, they might have downloaded like an altered body image or fear of intimacy. Like they just might be afraid of having sex again because of the pain. Um, you know, they might be thinking so much about the pain and the scars um, of how they're actually are, are they going to come back to full health again. Are they actually going to be able to connect with their partners? And, you know, yourself, once we ta- start attaching to a thought we tend to spiral into control or spiral down the road of looping that thought into almost a belief. So um, a lot of, I suppose, a lot of the time, I would hear um, that women wanted to feel confident again about themselves, about their bodies, about their ability to motherhood. Generally, if they have had a traumatic experience it tends to create a sense of dis-ease about themselves, that they're not confident in their abilities of mothering, not confident in their choices. Um,
0: Yeah, so confidence, confidence.
1: yeah, yeah. Their beliefs in themselves tend to be lowered, and that impacts themselves in their mothering skills in motherhood. Um, They find, you know, sometimes they talk about that they've lost connection with themselves lost connection with their partners um might be bonding with the baby because they're in so much pain um or they're just struggling emotionally or mentally with anxiety that they're just not able to come out of that hypervigilant state that they're in because of the trauma
0: yeah so like a lot of the time like it's that confidence and connection um that's that's really missing like we're not saying i don't mean to over generalize yeah. yeah i get it it's, so that's really interesting so, so the first session is that kind of emotional debrief in a space where they're reassured validated heard,
1: heard listened to yeah. Yeah.
0: second one is kind of solution focused where
1: um like- no the second one is always kind of uh the, the the reprocessing of the memory into long-term memory the traumatic event or the traumatic memories um so i use i give people the option so havening techniques is my first go-to or the rewind. Okay. So they can have either or. Um, and both of them work on the same part of the brain, help them to disconnect the emotional content from the memory and bring the memory into long-term memory, and just help the woman not be as emotionally triggered or hyper-vigilant. Um, with the Sarah,
0: talk te- a bit about those techniques, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you were about to talk about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the havening techniques is a psychosensory touch therapy, so it's so gentle. I just, oh my god, I love it. Um, so when the person comes to me, um, they're literally sitting in a nice high chair and I'm doing the touch. Their eyes are closed and we're just going into the event for a little bit. They can, they, We've already talked about it the first time. So we're just bringing up the event in their mind. And then we are doing the touch. We have to do some distraction techniques to get work, working memory online. And then I might do. Um, a different protocol. There's a few protocols in Havening where I get them to release the emotional content if there's a lot of emotions con- connected to that memory. And then we will do a little bit of a solution-focused approach going forward to help them feel a little bit lighter. So that's generally the second sec- session. You can do the Havening techniques with Rewind. And the Rewind is, um, it's an NLP technique where you're just using a deep relaxer and you're bringing them into the event and talking them through it and getting them to rewind it like three times in their mind um and then seeing themselves you're getting them to visualize themselves on the screen three times but you're rewinding it each time
0: and, and then changing it each time like is that like
1: yeah you're kind of removing yourself each time back again. yeah um and fast forwarding the video I haven't done the rewind in a while to be honest most people love the havening techniques because it's so super gentle
0: yeah like and my role as a physio like uh, like I think there's a lot we're missing kind of in that kind of somatic sensory realm you know of like body work to help release emotional emotional tension you know but like it's not it's not, it wasn't ever discussed in our college, <laughs> like it wasn't yeah. done, you know, um, but, I, but I have seen people have emotional responses um, sometimes with like dry meat or something that's quite a bit more, maybe a bit more targeted or like, I just have seen, seen it happen. And it's great to hear that you're tapping into that, you know, cause I think there is, I do think we carry kind of issues in our tissues,
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny with the the evening techniques, it brings on the subconscious mind because you're creating these delta waves in the brain. So the woman isn't actively engaged with her conscious mind. It's her subconscious mind that comes up. So stuff will come up for her um, that she doesn't even have to try to bring it up. It just naturally comes up and all the emotions come up with it. Um, But what they love about it is, and what I love about it is, It's that when a woman has been traumatized, um, this technique is so gentle and so soothing. And I suppose when a woman has experienced birth trauma, or perinatal trauma, it's generally that they haven't felt a lot of the time in the hospital, haven't felt cared for. And I, I don't know what it is about this technique, but when they're sitting there and somebody is, doing this gentle touch. We're hardwired anyway to feel safe, calm and connected with touch. But it brings that lovely feeling of being safe and being cared for and being connected right in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like it sounds like that that was what was missing a lot of the time, wasn't it? Being safe, yeah. connected and cared for in that moment.
1: And I suppose most of uh, the... Clients I would have coming in, a lot of them would have that would have been part of their traumatic experience that they didn't feel supported, heard, cared for, invalidated mm-hmm. in their decisions or in whatever happened during their birthing experience, and um, that's basically what can lead to the trauma a lot of the time. So it's not about, you know, trauma is about the woman's perception of her experience it's about how she felt afterwards about her birthing experience it's not about what actually went on
0: yeah it's about the, the kind of the meaning she attached to it or yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: and tara i know you do a course now for women when they're pregnant and i wanted to know like why it, is it that you think that that's the time to actually get the best results or to prepare them or like would you do it with postnatal women or do you prefer doing one-on-one or why do you, do you think groups are better or what like I just kind of wanted to, to get a sense of of that
1: yeah um I started to do um before and beyond birth um kind of mindful practices and I do personally think the best time to do it is before birth mm-hmm. And I do think we do need some emotional preparation, as you know, for that transition into motherhood. Um, It's 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 missing. We're not getting it. You know, we're preparing in every other way except that way. And to be honest, when we get to the other side, it's the emotional preparation that we needed. Yeah. now for me uh doing the classes it's really about a gentle awareness of that transition um because the brain only takes in so much it's like when we went to the antenatal classes our brains only took in the fluffy stuff that we wanted to hear it really didn't take in anything else that was feeling a bit icky so yeah the brain only I've
0: noticed that like i've noticed that in my classes tara like it's like i don't know what happens to pregnant brain but like
1: it's trying to keep you safe all the time, I think.
0: Ah, isn't it? It's trying yeah. to keep you like, so I find I have to spoon feed things mm. like I kind of drip feed them at the end of the classes, you know, and I think that works really well. I think that's why people like coming and they say they like the little bits at the end. But I think if you were to actually if I was to actually share everything I share in the education piece in one hour, they wouldn't remember any of it or they'd be completely like overwhelmed or scared or so I think drip feeding really works. Um, but yeah, it is, it, it is, see, there does seem to be an, an aversion almost to hearing um, things that, you know, could possibly not go as planned or, um, and I can't seem to impact that at all. Like I actually do think it is a neurological oh, like,
1: state. Definitely is. 110% is yeah the brain is there to always keep you safe and definitely in pregnancy
0: <laughs> whereas it's different with the second and third time mothers though.
1: Yes because you've experienced I suppose you're yeah. They
0: yeah. they're hungry like and they're ready to share like they want to share with the other mothers like. You know.
1: And I think they want to have the tools and the awareness and insight for 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 prevention. Yeah, they really do.
0: They're hungry for the tools. They want, to, they're very, they're a lot more, I would say, kind of in action and powerful, you know. Yeah. About, yeah. Like,
1: and I think that sometimes can come from a bad experience the first time. You do want to go back in the second time, really prepared um, to be able to have your voice heard, your needs met. Um, to be able to communicate effectively um, and to know that you're worthy and deserving of having your needs met um, during your birthing experience. So we do become, even though if you've had a traumatic event, I suppose um, both traumatic role could be that you would be really getting the tools to prepare yourself for the next birth uh, out of that experience um, you know yeah. that it won't happen the second time around but yeah I do think pregnancy I think um preparation and prevention in a very gentle way but I do them like a session where I'm teaching them the tools that they're going to need when they're struggling in motherhood because Jesus that transition of course we're going to struggle there's so many times when we're absolutely exhausted or You know, when we notice the relationship shifts um, with our partners or, you know, we're just overwhelmed and tired and we need to be able to have these tools to be able to go to on the bad days, Um, you know, how to be able to overcome the, the overwhelm of tiredness, how to become mindfully present and aware when we need to, how to be able to slow down with permission, how to even just allow ourselves to connect with the baby maybe have the conversations with our partners that we need to have that we didn't have. <laughs> um, so if you can have them conversations with your partner, even in pregnancy, I know I didn't uh, have any conversations with Brian, um, but if they were to have them conversations, it kind of gets both people thinking the same way, or you can see what way your partner is thinking. Yeah if it's differently to you and you can come to kind of some sort of agreement.
0: I, I, um, I hope you like just to share, I know you, you, Sophie Birch's book, and I'll just mm-hmm. share it here as well in the notes as a kind of a, just as a resource for women, maybe that
1: can't get to you or. Oh, it's a fantastic um, resource. Every tool and technique you could possibly want is in that as well as the lovely audios. And really it's about, learning to get some some small practices into your daily life um in motherhood just to help you transition over just a more aware more present more present with yourself more present with your baby so you can have that connection that you want um and that will increase your personal resiliency you know on that transition
0: yeah tara like I'm trying to keep these kind of short so I can get but like I wanted to like I just I really get your passion you know I just acknowledge that like and I, I know it comes from a lived experience and that I know you said there your purpose really is to help women and feel that you've impacted them like you've left this world haven't made a difference yeah. that
1: is it <laughs> exactly I think that, I was saying to you this morning that was a conversation I had with Brian he was like why are you doing all this I'm like I just want to leave this world known I've helped other people and I just never want anyone to feel the way I felt on my journey that's it there's that's it yeah and
0: I just want to acknowledge you for doing the work
1: thank you so much uh and it's you know I I definitely think i suppose uh, i'm delighted to be able to offer it and to share the learning and insights um and yeah. it's great that we have these supports now they weren't around 12 no. 15 years ago
0: yeah no and like that's the my intention with these kind of podcasts or you know these audios is to like just make people aware that it's there you know because mm. it's not it's not still out you know it's not still in the mainstream of things you know I I think that I because I know something that everyone else knows <laughs>
1: I same, yeah I'm a devil for that uh and I have to strip things back down to basics and assume people don't know and when I have conversations with people yeah because yeah.
0: when you're living it all the time yeah assume that
1: yeah but and I'm a lot re- of the time like people end up going to their GPs or you know um the ref- it's birth trauma is all often very often missed or misdiagnosed and it's often misdiagnosed as um, low mood depression and anxiety yeah. when it's actually not and i suppose if the woman can just think back you know when did she start to notice changes in herself what was her birthing experience like if gp nurses could even ask them on their visits with their baby for the baby vaccines you know how was the birthing experience for you you know and and let the woman respond um if they think that she's struggling and and see is it related to that you know before they get misdiagnosed or misdiagnosed yeah yeah yeah
0: okay thank you so much Tara that was brilliant and I'm going to share some
1: more resources with this okay Actually, I'll show you another really good resource sorry now and I will give it to you too but um Recovering from a traumatic birth, a practical guide by Alexandra Heat. That is my trainer in TBR College of Prenatal Emotional Wellbeing. She has everything in that book. That's a really good resource for parents as well.
0: Did not know about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah.
1: Brilliant. No problem. Thank you for the chat. Thank you for listening.
0: If you found this conversation informative, please share. Everything happens in conversation. If you want to learn more about our classes and education at The Bump Room, head over to our website, thebumproom.ie.